Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And my guest today is a hazy IPA. No, I'm kidding. Uh, my guest today is a good, very good friend of mine, a uh, very important person in my life. I know I met through the, the Jewish community. They're originally from Omaha, Nebraska, but uh, moved here to from moved to Milwaukee for, for work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have uh, worked extensively in um, fight against homelessness uh, in Milwaukee here uh, through through work. And uh, I'm excited to talk to them about a lot of different things. Uh, we're going to chat about polyamory. We're going to chat about uh, resources in Milwaukee to those that need them. And, uh, and about loving yourself. Loving yourself. Ari Cole, thank you for joining me on the show today. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this is a little product mm-hmm. plug. Uh, my side gig is with Great Lakes Brewing. Um, and <laughs> this is our Haze Craft IPA. Um, they're dope. Everything they do is dope. Based in Cleveland. Yeah. Sustainable, employee-owned, ethical, incredible right on that's terrific yeah love what you're doing great lakes keep it up <laughs> uh, that's good stuff uh this is really good shout out really to my good. buddy nadav who we used to work together and then we both ended up not working for that job anymore and then he needed a milwaukee person and he was like hey do you know anybody and i was like oh me <laughs> <laughs> shout out Nad- what was it nadav shout out to nadav um so you work like uh do they have like a, a, a facility here or how does it work? No facility here. The brewery's in Cleveland and then we ship to most of the Midwest. Okay. Um, and so I'm our Milwaukee brand ambassador. So if you ever go to okay. a liquor store or a festival and you see Great Lakes, you might see uh. this bitch out there handing out samples. Yeah. We, uh, we've got the porter, the Edmund Fitzgerald, named after the ship. Right on. Um, oh, like the Gordon Lightfoot song. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you brought the little variety pack. It's also got the um, Crushworthy um, Wheat Ale, and they just came out with a variety pack of those. So there's like a orange, a lemon-lime, a watermelon, and a grapefruit. Mm. And they're like Great Lakes' response to seltzers that everyone is doing low-calorie, right, easy-drinking, yeah. whatever. And they were like, we're going to do the same, but it's going to be a beer still. Nice. Um, so it's got that in there. Um, Burning River, which is a super popular one, and I don't know the other two. Uh, well, I guess we're, we're going to dig in and see what we find. We're going to crush this 15-pack tonight. Oh! <laughs> Dude, I can't do that shit like I used to. I used to be drinking like five to seven hams on a, on a Nice Guy podcast like when I first started the show. Uh, in addition to various liquors that you know I was able to afford that week. <laughs> But I ca- I cannot keep up with that. Like I was just doing the show so much that it was just like I, I for my automatic you can do it hammered for my well being. Um, I had to like start introducing uh, some NA uh, episodes for sure, especially the ones where you know we're we're recording at eleven a.m. So Ari, how was your day today? Today was a really good day. I went into the office at my new job. I've been there for a couple weeks. I work with victims of violence um, through a hospital system. I am excited to just be providing resources for families who are going through some of the toughest times of their lives and making sure that they've got everything that they need. Right on. I'm glad you're doing that work. Um, Yeah, and it it sounds like it's uh, compared to some uh, 
other gigs you've you've had in the past, uh, this seems ostensibly much better. Yes, super yeah. trauma informed. My team is all about taking care of each other as much as we are taking care of the clients and especially taking care of oneself. And so my supervisor will bring something up and she'll be like, I need you to work on this homicide case. And then she'll be like, trauma warning. Do you need a minute? Do you need like a glass of water or anything? Mm, nice. Okay, now let's jump into talking about this really difficult thing. Right on. Um, she wrote out my schedule for my first couple of weeks and like put in breaks. She was like, all right, I need you to study this like really intense gunshot wound case. And then I need you to go offline for an hour and take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that it gives you space to like breathe after after dealing with some disturbing subject matter which is super applicable nowadays and especially today of all days with the leaking of the supreme court oh documents god yeah and that like i had to be very intentional today about my social media consumption and like when am i actually in the right headspace to be thinking about these things and to be processing everybody's yeah. thoughts yeah yeah god yeah no, that was that was some pretty fucking shitty uh news to I know it like kind of like started last night, but this morning, just like hearing all the horror stories like on Twitter, you know, like about what happens when, you know, reproductive rights are, are stripped away. I mean, because, because, you know, like banning abortion, legal abortions will not prevent abortions. It only prevents safe abortions. And, I was going to say one thing on this podcast today was going to be that. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that is, I mean, that, that, that's a home run about, about the subject, you know, um, because you know, people need, it's, it's an absolute imperative that, that people, uh, have safe access to abortion and reproductive care of all kinds. It's a human right. And, uh, that is a non-negotiable I really appreciate that you're using words like people and human and reproductive instead of talking about women's rights. Of course, I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of going a little handmaid's tale on us about this. Sure. And um, making it about like this is the war on women when really like I'm not a woman, but like maybe right. someday I need an abortion and are you not also fighting for me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. In inclusive language matters. And uh, yeah, like it's a war on human rights. It's I mean – Yes, like a lot of women are impacted about uh, on this issue, right? But not everyone who is impacted by this attack on on human rights is a woman. You know, like there are um, trans men, for example, uh, non-binary and gender non-conforming folks who can also get pregnant. Like it is, yeah. Yeah, so. So if we're going to remember three things, you can't ban abortion, only safe abortion, gender-inclusive language when talking about reproductive rights, and then the third thing that I've seen circulating today that I really want to reiterate is that the last thing we need is more protests outside of clinics. Because the second you get out there, even if you're out there saying, like, fuck yeah, I love abortion, like, let these people get abortions, you are standing in the literal way of people, like, getting into their abortion yeah, appointment. Yeah. Be loud and proud about your support, but... But yeah, remember that, you know, you don't want to be in the way of someone who actually needs this right now. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I escorted our local abortion clinic, shout out affiliated medical services on Farwell. I'm sure if you've driven down Farwell, you've seen the crazies out there. Mm -hmm. um, sure have. Have, have for the, basically since I've been in Milwaukee, I've seen that shit. Mm -hmm. um, and my favorite thing is when people drive by and instead of riling up the antis or the protesters, um, just say like, thank you, escorts. 
<laughs> like you're awesome. We yeah. love you. Go yeah. abortion. Yeah. <laughs> There's one dude out there who like wears this blue face paint. We call him Braveheart, and he just like makes no fucking sense. He has a sign that says "Black Babies Matter" to kind of throw people off. Yeah. Because you see that, and you're like, of course, black babies matter. I, I agree with this man. And then you realize why he's saying that, and you're like, oh, right. And then yeah. one day I mentioned he goes, he called me pretty pretty racist because I was allowing black women to get abortions. Oh my god! Um, and then I turned to my fellow escort, and I was like, "That sounds like uh, Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm." Like, pretty, pretty good. And he goes, yeah. "Oh, you're talking about Larry David? I know what you are." And like, went down this whole weird anti-Semitic train, and just like what wouldn't fuck, say dude? I hate Jews, but just like everything he was saying, the subtext was like, "Fuck Jews." The second they say "you people," you know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I know what you are. Eighty <laughs> percent that- of Americans support legal abortion access. Yeah, but the Supreme Court's just gonna be like, eh, meh. And the and the Democrats aren't doing shit about it. Like they've had no plan. But some of y'all not ready to talk about that. And then Joe Biden's gonna come out after it happens and be like, I'm outraged that this happened. And it's like, bro, you had all the chances to do something about this. Do your fucking job, Joe. Um, there's a lot to unpack um, as far as you know the 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 implications of what's going on but what's important is that the people are organizing also um you know you, you were saying earlier about the, the work that uh you're doing around um you know anti-violence and and uh, uh, uh you know finding out like and and fighting the homelessness issue like we're seeing a lot of the implications of that um uh especially like i mean everywhere all over the city for sure but um this is another thing that, you know, has been it just gets swept under the under the rug is how these insanely predatory slumlords on the north side and the south side buying up properties uh in majority black and brown neighborhoods and uh, subjecting them to horrible like absolutely like despicable uh, health code violations and safety violations in these in these you know dilapidated properties and also handing out evictions like they're candy there's yep. one landlord and i can't remember his name i wish i could um he handed out more evictions so far in 2022 than like boston and dc he owns a couple hundred properties in milwaukee about i believe it's eight thousand rental units and like I said, most of them are on the north side. So he went to Canvas up there and with the Milwaukee Autonomous Tenants Union, MATU for short. And we we went to a few places and um, actually were, were welcomed very quickly into folks' homes to see the damage and the, the, the disrepair. We're talking caved ceilings. We're talking um, rampant pests. We're talking uh, rotting infrastructure. We're talking he, for some reason, removed the back stairs of his of his quadplexes. So there's no back stairs, like, you know, which is a huge fire hazard. Mm-hmm. There's no, if you only have one way in and out of your place, like, what the fuck is, what, what are they supposed to do if there's, like, a fire, God forbid, um, you know, near their front door like especially if you know it's somebody who's like disabled or or old like elderly like 
you know, what are they, are they supposed to just leap the fucking balcony or some shit? Like, what is that? So that's some fucked up shit. Like, and this guy is just getting away with it and he has been getting away with it. He has been, he has been taking advantage of poor people during the pandemic. Just another example of, of a, a, a greedy, wealthy capitalist just getting richer at poor people's expense during so this a dude crisis. Is like- totally blacklisted amongst all homeless agencies like and then what do you do when you're this homeless agency and you're trying to get people into affordable housing and the best thing that they can find is this slumlord do i bounce you to another homeless shelter do i like send you to like some sort of rehab facility like do i just force you to figure it out um and all of these shelters have time limits placed on them by the city so the one that i worked at had like a 90 day time limit and if i can't find you something in those 90 days you're going to bounce around mm-hmm. and i had several clients who've been bouncing around for years and years and them and their kids and everything um and it's hard it affordable housing is i obviously believe that it's a human right i think everybody should be housed in their own place um but it is so, so hard to find and it's so inaccessible and the mm-hmm. the hoops that you have to jump through, like the crazy long applications that I had to fill out with my clients and like the web portals that people with literary and technologic issues are not going to be able to figure out. Yeah. Um, and we're, I don't know, the city just like is not supporting homeless people in the way that it needs to. No, no, not at all. Their whole budget's going towards the fucking, the bustling downtown area. So you can build all that, but you're going to kick everybody out of their, like, homeless encampment and not give them any other options? Exactly. Or or also, the money's going to cops, too, mm-hmm. which continue to criminalize homeless people as well. I cannot tell you how deeply I believe in, especially the program that Denver has going on, defunding the police, funneling that money into social workers, Denver has had like over 300 calls to their social worker line and not one of them has resulted in the social worker needing to call for police backup. Mm. That social worker is always qualified and confident enough to handle the situation and to get that person with mental health issues, substance abuse issues, um, whatever might be going on that doesn't need police involvement. They're always able to get that person the help that they need without some dude in like a Kevlar vest and a gun showing up. Of course. Like that's just... That's the thing is like the police are being enlisted to deal with things like mental health crises or, you know, domestic disputes. Th- that's not their uh, area of expertise whatsoever. That's my area of expertise. Right. Send me yeah. to go deal with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like I can't tell you how many times when I was working in the shelter, somebody would threaten my life and be like, I'm going to snap your fucking neck. And I would just be like, OK, tell me more. What? How do you why do you feel that way? And then just, like, talk them down from their situation and get them to the point where they're like, you know, I'm sorry that I said that. I didn't mean it. I'm going through X, Y, Z. I'm homeless. I'm displaced. I'm unemployed. Whatever. And here's all these reasons that I acted the way that I did. And a social worker can really get to the root of those issues and address them and humanize this person in a way that makes them feel vulnerable enough to um, move on from the situation. Rather than violently subdue them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just escalate them. Like everything that you should not be doing in a crisis situation. And it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. It is embarrassing. And right. Like they don't solve like like and it's just it has been statistically disproven that more police does not equal less crime. Um, police don't prevent crime. They respond to it. Right. Right. And they also they also don't actually serve and protect people they serve and protect capital Mm -hmm. private property 
I don't know. It's just if you fund like you know community based programs, then you will see crime like end up solving itself, right? Be- like over time and in various ways. Housing. If you're funding um, supervised consumption sites for drug yeah. usage, if you're funding universal mental health care for everybody and physical health care, mm-hmm. if you're making sure that people have their like Maslow's hierarchy, like bottom couple yeah. of tiers met, crime. Gone. Oh yeah, or even as when it comes to like kids and schools, right? Like getting cops out of schools, funding after-school programs, funding like opportunities for 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 children to to like get involved in and contribute, you know, uh, be involved in their community, like things Leadership like that. Opportunities for kids and qualified counselors and teachers to guide them through those experiences gets that energy out, gets that nervous, anxious, horrible preteen energy that we all had to go through, you have to put it somewhere. And when you have the right leader guiding you through that experience, then you don't feel the need to misplace it onto somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like another really frustrating issue that has come up has been um, the the, the lack of funding towards public transportation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, having like you know uh you know improving the bus system which you know i love the the milwaukee bus system i've been relying on it since i've lived in milwaukee i still do um but also right like funding i mean we can talk about the proposed high-speed rail but (laughs) you know unfortunately that was dismissed a long time ago but that could have been rad um but you know things like buses and trains um uh to be like as as a means of getting people from point a to point b i mean that reduces the amount of cars on the road and less cars also means less uh of the issue of reckless driving mm-hmm. which is a huge issue in milwaukee it is but psa we should all be bussing home from the bars yeah it's the easiest thing in the entire world my uh, husband said that our bus system just rolled out a new app and that like we're getting onto a larger national app um but that like our infrastructure was not ready for it yet and so the app is like providing riders these qr codes and the buses don't have qr code scanners yet so like we're trying to move forward we're trying to like be be part of the future of public transit but like we're not ready for it and we're we're not investing the time energy and money into getting ourselves ready for it and getting ourselves ready to be this metropolitan city that we act like we are yeah yeah like if you don't have the infrastructure invested then these plans won't work and you're not going to actually be helping the working class it's getting more and more like complicated for for poor people to afford to live stable and comfortable lives and it's expensive to be poor yeah like i i was very blessed to have gifts from family that helped me buy a house I'm paying the same amount for my like four bedroom, three bath house that I was paying for like a two bedroom, one bath apartment because rent is a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then not everybody has access to a house and being able to pay a mortgage. And then you end up like owing so much more money to so many more people because you don't have the capital to get yourself started in the first place. And everyone's like, oh, you just got to be a self-starter. You just got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And it's like, it, it that's not how it works anymore. Right. And even if you are fucking working really fucking hard, it doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. 
if you're if you're born into difficult circumstances. It's the um, the trope of the man who can afford one pair of a hundred dollar boots. It's going to last a lot longer than the man who has to buy five pairs of twenty dollar boots because he doesn't have the one hundred at the time. And I just feel like that's the rat race that not even impoverished. Like I, me and so many of my friends, I wouldn't consider impoverished, but still like on the lower end of income. And like, that's the, the cycle that we're stuck in is just like, I can't afford the expensive good thing. Mm -hmm. So now you have to buy like six tiny shitty things because that's what I have the money for right now. And then you end up like stuck in that cycle and not, not being able to invest, not being able to like, travel not being able to do the things that you want to do because mm-hmm. it's it's just not there the the corporations are not paying people our age the way that they were paying people our parents age when they were this yeah young. yeah you know what Ari? it's it's all that damn avocado toast that that people are eating <laughs> if i stop going to starbucks then i'll be able to <laughs> yeah. leave milwaukee every once in a while you know it seems like no one wants to work these days you gotta you get, get up it. Get us out of work. <laughs> so another thing I uh, wanted to talk about. Um, this isn't actually we're we're not going to be angry about this at all. This because this is actually a, a very uh, wonderful thing that uh, we we wanted to chat about. And so mentioned polyamory at the beginning, and um, polyamory is for those that don't know is. Um, the the lifestyle choice of having um, more than one uh, romantic, sexual, uh, significant other partner, right? Um, and uh, I so I became polyamorous in the last year or so, um, and it's been great. You know, it's it's been uh, something I didn't know that I needed, but I'm kind of uh, interested in like kind of your how you kind of like found yourself like identifying with it and uh you know how it's worked for you over the years so i've been with my husband for 10 years um his name is jake he's the greatest person i've ever met shout out to jake if you haven't met jake you should i'll introduce you sometime it's good people um and we were monogamous for five of them and then found ourselves interested in another couple and just like through hanging out and um, smoking a lot of weed together, mm-hmm. just ended up being involved with each other. Nice. It didn't end up going well, but we realized that the idea of having other people in our lives who we care about and who we want to keep up with and want to like hug and kiss and like be part of their lives was like really special and important to us. Um, and so we really dove into polyamory when we moved to Milwaukee. We both started dating multiple people, different couples. Um, and it has been the best thing for our marriage because right Jake and I are really wholly different people. Um, he's a lot more introverted. He likes to stay home and chat and um, eat good food and 